At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast. I am Joe Cardosi. Joined, as always, by Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. The podcast, as always, is presented by SeatGeek. Jim, uh, I'm very tired. Very tired today. I was up late last night uh, doing something that, you know, I'd rather not talk about today. Yeah. I guess I have to. I I was up late as well, and uh, I feel like this is the case with the West Coast games, that when things go well, if it's a win and you play great and it's a good story overall. I have no problem waking up at my normal time, even if I went to sleep at 2 a.m. Yeah, rise and I can, shine. As soon as the sun comes up at 7 or whatever time it is, I'm like ready to bounce out of bed. However, on the flip <laughs> side of that, when things go the way that they did Wednesday night and you go to sleep at 1 or 2 o'clock and it's 9.30 and you're still in bed and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe how tired I am, even though yeah. I actually did get a decent amount of sleep. But, uh, well, yeah, it's just one of those mornings. Yeah, but, well, my, my son, apparently, who's a two, just, just figured last night was a good night to just wake up at 3 in the morning when I'd gone to sleep an hour ago. Oh, boy. Uh, so, you know what? I, I blame that on the Lakers somehow as well. Honestly, that game last night was it, was... it was tough to watch for the whole first half, I feel like. Uh, Pelicans just could not get anything offensively going, just could not buy a bucket. And all of a sudden... You know, the, I know the Lakers' three-point percentage and their shooting percentages in, in general had risen up in that win against the Nuggets, but it seemed to keep going against the Pelicans. Uh, we just didn't seem to have any anth- answers for uh, Russell Westbrook, honestly. Yeah, and you know, with all of that went well for the Lakers and how many things they did in that game that they haven't necessarily been doing over the previous bunch of games that they played a couple weeks of the season, 
Pelicans were still in very good position to win that game and ice it in the last final seconds. As we all know, that didn't happen. But, I mean, to me, listening to Willie Green after the game, I thought one of the things that he said um, was very well well said and just a good summary of kind of the way the game went overall. He basically said, and I'm paraphrasing here, he said we didn't deserve to win this game based on the way that probably the first, I don't know, 45 minutes or 42 minutes of the game went. I mean, in the fourth quarter, the Pelicans were able to get a lead and put themselves in position to win. But there were so many things that happened earlier in the night that led to it being much tighter game than it probably should have been. And I think one of the analogies that I would use is it reminded me of, for example, a a kid in school, a student in school who doesn't study for any of the tests but he's such a such a talented kid or such a smart kid that he can usually just roll through, just show up on the exam day and get a good score and everything's fine. And the fact that he didn't really do what he needed to do going into the, the exam doesn't matter. And it felt like if the Pelicans had won that game, I think it would have that would have been a little bit of the feeling that I had. Of course, I would have been happy as heck to get a win against them and um, improve to five and two, blah, blah, blah. But it just didn't seem like they had the right focus maybe or mentality, especially in the first quarter. It seemed like Lakers were pushing the ball. Pelicans were not getting back on defense. And there were a couple like just basic things that they New Orleans needed to do better that would have given them a much better chance to win and or avoided a situation where they were down at halftime and they had to overcome a double-digit deficit. It was frustrating to watch. It seemed like that was the first game I think I've seen this season where the Pelicans seemed like they were sleepwalking for a bit. Yeah, and, you know, I guess to use another school analogy, I don't know why I'm on this kick today, maybe because both of my parents were our retired teachers. But but, uh, it it felt a little bit like, and we see this in the NBA, the way they came out in the first quarter felt a little bit like the last game of a road trip feel where you're not focused as much as you should be and one of in, on one hand you're thinking about the game, and on the other hand you're ready to end the trip and go home. We see a lot of teams have really bad performances when they're at the end of a multi-game road trip where they've been gone for a week or so, which is the case with the Pelicans. Um, I think they left last Thursday, and then they're coming back today on thir- this Thursday. Um, but they they just didn't have the 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 focus and the concentration, I think, in the execution that they needed to win. And, and like I said, even with all that, they still could have, should have, yeah. would have won the game. And they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Exactly. For sure. So I mean, hopefully, it's just hopefully this is something. I mean, every team in the NBA has games like this where they you look back at it after the buzzer and you're just like, man, there's here's this list of 27 things that we should have done better. And if you check off any of those boxes, you probably win the game, considering it went to overtime. And the Lakers needed a, a crazy three-pointer at the buzzer from the corner just to get it to overtime, but um, but yeah, it, hopefully this is just something that's that's a, a freak thing that we don't see too often this year. And I mean, we sh- we should mention no Herb Jones, uh, no Bi. They seem to have a little extra juice. They always seem to have a little extra juice when they play the Pelicans. It seems like LeBron's kind of trying to show up Zion a little bit. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, and it always seems like Anthony Davis has a little something extra when he plays the Pelicans. So they came out extra hungry. We played very poorly. And like you said, really should have won that game several times. I mean, if Dyson Daniels makes one uh, free throw there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we 
we win that game. If we get one more offensive rebound, perhaps one more put back, we win that game. It's just, you know, it's frustrating. Yeah. And it's just one of those things. I mean, from my perspective, I look at back at it as it should have never, we, it should have never gotten to that point where you are saying like, we needed one more of this or one more of that. Yeah. They, they should have. And I, and I really thought too, at one point of the fourth quarter, after the Lakers had looked really good, grabbed a double-figure lead, and then the lead completely evaporated, and the Pelicans took the lead. There was a stage in the fourth quarter where I thought they're going to win this and it's not even going to come down to the last few possessions of the last minute or two. But obviously that was not the case, and you end up with just what I would describe as a pretty bitter defeat. Yeah, bitter is the way to describe it. I know a lot of people are uh, going to be still feeling upset when they listen to this podcast, I woke up screaming uh, today, and now I'm a little hoarse, but it's all right. Uh, the game happened, and uh, onward, onward we move to Golden State at home in the blender. We want people to still stay fired up. Uh, you know, Give them hell. It's, it's the Smoothie King Center. we got to create an atmosphere here. And uh, we're going to talk to Warriors writer for The Athletic, Anthony Slater. He joins us on the phone. He's on the road right now. Uh, we're just so glad he could join the podcast ahead of the game. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, you can read all of his articles on The Athletic. He covers the Warriors for them. Anthony Slater on the road joining the pod. How are you, man? I'm doing good. You know, middle of one of those long early season road trips when the body's kind of readjusting to, to dealing with all that. Anthony, uh, you know, kind of speaking of adjusting, I know the Warriors are, you know, eight games into this season. We're actually, by the way, speaking to Anthony uh, before the Warriors play Orlando. So that should be noted. They're going to play the Magic on Thursday night before they come to New Orleans. So if Steph Curry has like a 75-point game against the Magic, there's a reason that we didn't mention that on the podcast <laughs> yeah, with you guys we today. Just yeah. over it. But uh, I was wondering, you know, through through eight games, the Warriors are three and five, and um, it's super early in the season. But, I mean, is there a level of concern? How would you describe, you know, kind of the reaction or the feeling around the team just based on the way that they've started so far? 
Yeah, I mean, they're not, like, happy with their play. They're not panicking. I mean, it's still, like, generally positive vibe. I mean, it's a team that has had bad regular season stretches before and then won multiple titles. You know, I've mentioned this stat a couple times in recent days, but they had a a two periods of going one and seven last year uh, in Mm. February and March, and, like, over a 20-game period, we're actually six and 14, and then won the title, like, you know, two, two and a half months later. So there's not, like you know, existential prices because they're three and five, but they're not happy with how they're playing. Uh, I think 25th in defense, 20th in offense. This is a team that was an elite defense pretty much all regular season last year. Um, the truth is they kind of knew there was growing pains ahead of them when they decided to pivot to the youth, you know, that they didn't play very much last season. Well, they're playing James Wiseman this year. They're playing Moses Moody. Um, they're uh, you know trying to play Jonathan Kaminga. You could argue not playing him enough, but mm-hmm. that has led to just some growing pains. You'd say. I mean, their starters are actually the best five-man combination in basketball. They're plus fifty-eight when the when the veteran starters are together, but they're minus thirty for the season. So you can do the math. But you know, all their other lineups combined are basically you know minus whatever ninety or something like that. You mentioned um, you know they're trying to work in some other guys that maybe haven't played as much in, in previous years or are early in their career. So they're kind of in the development mode. Um, I watched a lot of their game the other day against Detroit and even beyond the guys that you mentioned that I think people are pretty familiar with some of those names like Kaminga and Wiseman and Moody. There's a couple, there's a couple other guys on the court that I didn't even really recognize. I mean, for Friday's game in new Orleans, I mean, who are, who do you think are some of the guys that maybe Pelicans fans aren't that familiar with? Are there some players that we're going to see on the court that, have been just playing more than what was expected going to the season for Golden State? Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, Pelicans fans might see a lot of them because it's the second night of a back-to-back for a veteran team yeah. that has already, you know, rested Clay Thompson on the first night of a, or on the first back-to-back of the season. So I wouldn't expect to see Clay Thompson in New Orleans. We'll see about Steph Curry and Draymond Green. They did play both sides of the first back-to-back. We're not sure yet if the, They'll play, uh, uh, you know, in New Orleans. But, mm-hmm. yeah, though, there, there will be – Ty Jerome is probably one of the guys I assume you're referring yeah, to from yeah. the Detroit game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's on a two-way contract. He's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. Former late first-round pick. Uh, but Steve Kerr likes a second ball handler out there next to Jordan Poole. It was supposed to be Dante DiVincenzo. It will be Dante DiVincenzo, but he strained his hamstring early in the season. He's missed this entire road trip, won't play against the Pelicans. So you will see a lot of Ty Jerome uh, in that game. Jermichael Green is kind of the Otto Porter Jr. replacement, you would say. Um, so, you know, you'll, you'll get to see some of him. And, um, and probably in New Orleans, you're probably going to get to see a lot of Jordan Poole. Not that that's an unrecognizable name, but I just sure. assume that's the type of game he's going to have a you know high usage and, you know, he's for good or bad on an off night, you know, he can hurt the team, but on an off, you know, when he's on, he, you know, he can, he can kind of shoot a, a team into a win, even if Steph Curry's not out there. Sure. Anthony, you, you mentioned, you know, obviously we're so early in the season that it, ne- it hasn't necessarily played out in terms of a lot of teams across the league, how they're going to handle back to backs, how they're going to handle, you know, situations where they have a bunch of games. I mean, is there some part of element to, the schedule that Golden State is in right now that could, you know, potentially influence them to have more guys sit or they'd be more liable to have a guy sit out a back-to-back because they're in the middle of a, of a long road trip and that kind of thing right now? Yeah, you know, their trend last year was often, you know, they had a few long road trips 
because you know just because they're a coastal team, they they usually do these long road yeah. trips, and mm-hmm. they would, you know, traditionally last season sit a bunch of their veterans on like the last game, particularly if it was a back to back. I remember they did that in Toronto. They sat all their main guys. They didn't bring them, to, you know, across the border. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they they uh, sat them in Detroit last year. Uh, and, and there were a few others, and this is the fifth game of a five-game trip. I believe it's five games and seven nights. We're talking about the Pelicans game. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's early enough in the season that Steph Curry is fresh enough, not you know dead of winter, and, and you know he's he's been dragging. So I could see them playing him and Draymond, who's wanted to play on both nights of back-to-back. They pushed to play in the Detroit game, which was the second night, and they were allowed to play in it. They kind of played more limited minutes. I think they're both in like the you know, high twenties or so. So yeah. maybe something like that. Clay Thompson, they've pretty much like told us like, don't expect him to play. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine he'll, he'll be out there against the Pelicans. And it's, you know, you could argue it's a good thing for new Orleans, but the, it, the schedule makers, I, you know, I think did a disservice to what will, I think be a really good matchup, you know, this season between the Warriors and Pelicans, but sure. they play twice in new Orleans this month. And both are on the second night of back to back. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting. And I think we were actually talking to our color analyst, John DeShazer, uh, on the last podcast and, and sort of saying that it seems like a good time to get the Warriors. They're, they're, they are experiencing some growing pains and whatnot and maybe will be resting some of their starters because this is a back-to-back. But, you know, on, on our end, it kind of seems like you could look at the, the Pelicans the same way. I don't want to talk about the Lakers game uh, last night, but, but we gotta, we got to talk about it. It's a pretty deflating game. And uh, I feel like both teams have got to be looking at each other right now, like they could be got. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors lost to Charlotte, Detroit. Uh, you know, Miami's a good team, obviously, but you know, they they could be got by anybody right now. Uh, particularly when they when they go to the bench that's struggling so bad. So I would agree with you. It is a good time to get the Warriors um, because Steve Kerr is searching rotationally right now. It seems like every game you see a five man unit out there that you're like, oh, I've never seen this one before. Not sure how that works. Uh, and I mean, you guys know how much like lineup combinations and stuff matter. You know, the people you're out there with matter. So, uh, probably, you know, like you said, probably a good time for the Warriors to be uh, on the Pelican schedule. But seems like you think maybe vice versa. I mean, I know the Pelicans started strong. I've been really impressed with their depth. Um, the the Lakers game was a disappointment to them, but you know, Zion should should be back. Or you know, he obviously played against the Lakers. So, yeah, I tend to favor you know, the Pelican side of this, especially coming home fresh off a loss, off day beforehand. Uh, I'm sure they'll be motivated. Yeah, we need to hear that. Right <laughs> we need that. There you go. Anthony, um, you know, it was, it's, inter- it's interesting because the Jordan Poole, Draymond Green incident that happened in preseason, I mean, it was one thing when people heard about it, but obviously it became a different thing when the video came out. But at the same time, yeah. um, there's been so much mayhem and whatever else you want to call it across the NBA the last – week or so or even in the last few days it feels like no one's even talking about that or anymore no one even cares anymore um do you, do you get a sense from the warriors that um it's kind of in the past and i mean they're they're a few game winning streak away from you know it being kind of irrelevant to the to the story overall yeah it's like stop being a like daily topic around the team like if you even ask a question about it you kind of get side-eyed by people like oh you're bringing that up yeah that kind of thing mm-hmm. And to be honest, Draymond's played really well, which I think has, you know, helped in a lot of ways, especially his style of play, which is very team-oriented, right? He's erasing defensive mistakes by a teammate. He's, you know, 
leading a, a game in assists. You know, he, he's the type of player that when he is playing well and he's super energized, teammates like playing with him. Uh, he's been good in the locker room the last few weeks, so I think that's eased some of the tension. You know, or you know, and it was there. Um, but the other thing I, that I will say that I do think is still lingering, and you kind of get this when you talk to some people around the team, it ruined their preseason from a prep time perspective. I mean, that was a saga that they mm-hmm. went through, especially once the video leaked, as you said, and their internal investigations, and there's you know distrust about where that might have come from, and obviously there's a you know, very respected veteran teammate that punched a very young teammate, you know, 11 years as junior in the face and, and all that came from that. And Draymond Green left the team for a week. Um, so they just didn't feel as prepared for the season as they wanted to be. I mean, and you guys know how important those that, you know, three week lead up with training camp practices and preseason mm-hmm. are to make sure a team is ready for, for when the bright lights turn on. And I just think there's generally still kind of like, feeling the ramifications of, like, the preseason did not go how they were hoping it would go. Yeah, I think the one thing about the Warriors is I think most people, ourselves included, just expect them to sort of get it together as the season goes on. I think y'all will uh, sort of be counted on to right the ship. And, you know, looking into the West, it is so deep this year. Who do you see as the Warriors' biggest threat to unseat them as, as the champs in the West? Good question. I'm trying to figure that out. I mean, you know, Phoenix has probably looked the best, and they beat the Warriors too. And man, it was a good game of Phoenix in the regular season. But I don't know if I learned my lesson or, or on Phoenix during the last playoffs. But you know, they won 64 games last season, and it looked like that was setting up to be the West Finals matchup. And then they just kind of, you know, laid a dud uh, in that Game Seven against mm-hmm. Dallas. So. I, I tend to look elsewhere. The Warriors internally don't seem to think Phoenix is the threat that, that sometimes they look like in the regular season. Um, Memphis plays the Warriors well, plays them kind of fiercely. I thought gave them their best Western Conference series last year in the second round, took them to six, including the last half of the series without Jaw. Um, but they haven't looked, you know, like world beaters to start the season. It's, it's kind of wide open. I mean, the Pelicans do intrigue me from a depth perspective. And, like, you know, if it all clicks, if Zion, you know, can play 70-something games and it all comes together and meshes well. Um, but it's, it just kind of feels wide open right now yeah. to the point. And, and, well, and, and how weird are the standings right now? I mean, up top you see, like, Blazers, Spurs, Jazz, um, where, you know, teams that we expect to still be up there months from now are kind of in the middle or down towards the bottom. Yeah, I've talked about recently about it just seems like the standings are kind of upside down based on what the, all of the projections were going into the season. That's There's no doubt about that. Um, Anthony, last thing from me, um, I, I was wondering, we, we were joking about this the other day about how we don't want to see a million Warriors jerseys in the arena like we sometimes do. Um, Always. From, from you. <laughs> From your perspective of covering the team, it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah it's everywhere. that's what I was going to ask you for being on from being on the road and being with the team and being in all these different arenas. I mean, you just said you know it's that that's the way it is everywhere. I was wondering. I mean, is there always every single arena there are tons of Curry and Warriors jerseys, or does it kind of vary from place to place a little bit? I mean, it varies a little bit. You know, they go to Cleveland. There's a bit more booze than, than typical just because of their, you know, final battles over the years. Oklahoma City historically has not had as many, although as the Thunder have hit a downturn and got out of the Durant-Westbrook era, now suddenly you are starting to see a lot of these Midwest kids that flock to, to the one Warriors game or two Warriors yeah. games per year mm-hmm. that they can go to. 
the you know Orlando tonight. I'd expect they, they're historically just because. I mean, the truth, like, it's not even just a bunch of Warriors jerseys. It's just a bunch of 30 Steph Curry jerseys. Yeah. Kids love Steph Curry. They do. Nine-year-olds, just, they're not even just wearing Steph Curry jerseys. Typically, the Under Armour shorts that matches some Steph Curry shoes, a headband, a sign that's like, please, you know, sign this, Steph. And he's, you know, it, they're, they're there pregame. They're there an hour before to, like, obsess over his workout. And I'll give you a New Orleans-related story. Uh, that kind of, I guess, uh, you know, kind of puts this into action. But I remember going to a, a Warriors practice, uh, you know, at Smoothie King. This probably would have been three, four years ago during the Durant era. Mm-hmm. And Drew Brees was there. He had walked over with his wife from uh, Saints practice or whatever. And he had brought his kids, and they were all full Steph Curry outfits. But Steph Curry was their favorite player. Yes, like I- all of Drew Brees' kids. I <laughs> I think he might have brought some of his friends, uh, their, you know, the kids' friends, too. Mm-hmm. It was like seven you know, little Steph Curry fans, and, and they were there to meet him. And, you know, obviously Drew Brees has that type of access, but it just signifies what he means to, like, just a subsection of this country, and they always flock to road games. You know, their parents buy him them that one ticket per year to go to, and mm-hmm. I'd expect, uh, you know, probably a lot of that still in New Orleans. Yeah, I remember that being a, a message board topic for a while. Where We, we kind of see that a little bit with Zion, not to that degree, but it is interesting, especially younger kids. A lot of times they're not fans of teams, uh, to say. It, they're fans of players specifically. And, yeah, it definitely seems like uh, Steph is leading the pack there. Yeah, and, you know, you wondered over the last couple of years, you know, the Warriors, obviously, they Steph got hurt and they had the worst record in the league a couple of years ago. Pandemic hit. They weren't as good the year after that. You wondered, not that his star was dying because he'll always be a legend, you know, regardless, but mm-hmm. – the fact that he came back last year, they won, you know, the finals. He was the finals MVP. His his luster is back. That uh, you know that momentum that he's built over the last decade is not really slowing down. Well, Anthony, we appreciate the time. We know you're on the road. Uh, thanks for joining the Pelicans podcast today. We're looking forward to the game. It should be interesting either way. And uh, good luck to your team. All right, fellas. Uh, see you in New Orleans tomorrow night. Looking right. forward to it. Thank you, Anthony. Big thanks to Anthony Slater of The Athletic. You can catch him covering the Warriors over there. Uh, Big thanks for all of that info and a little hope. A little hope when we needed it the most. That was very sweet of him to throw us that little morsel there, I think, Jim. Yes, that was very uh, courteous of him. Uh, We appreciate that. After what happened Wednesday, we'll we'll take positivity in any way we can get it. Um, But, yeah, it was a good good conversation with him. I mean, I find him to be one of the most – insightful beat writers in the NBA. He's also part of a podcast that I believe airs on Tuesdays that I listen to a good amount um, with Sam Amick and Fred Katz. That's one of the better um, podcasts around the NBA. So he, he's quite knowledgeable about not just the Warriors, but the NBA overall. So um, it was it was interesting listening to him discuss the Warriors. And I do think that in Friday's game, it's possible that we're going to see, as we discussed with him, um, some different Warriors players. Ty-, Ty Jerome was one of the names that he mentioned that I think people might be like, who is this guy? We, I do not recognize him as a Warrior. He played for OKC for a couple of years and definitely had some good moments and good minutes for the Thunder. Um, but I, I am really curious to see how they handle who sits and if there are some DMPs. It sounds like Clay Thompson won't play if he plays in the game Thursday against Orlando, that that's a given that he won't be on the court. I didn't realize, I mean, we haven't looked that far ahead. 
that the other game when Golden State plays here is also a back-to-back. So, um, I mean, good from the standpoint that maybe you're not playing them at full strength, but bad from a fan standpoint that I know that there's a lot of fans that want to see their guys and have bought tickets to, from, from their perspective to hopefully see all of their stars play. But if the Pelicans don't have to deal with Clay Thompson, I mean... I'd rather see a Pelicans win. Right, and based on the schedule this weekend of the guards that they're going to have to go up against, I, I suppose having one less... Um, ridiculously good elite guard to defend against is probably okay with us. Yeah, this would be a great get-back game because even though the Warriors have been having some some troubles uh, so far this season, it's still the Warriors, and I think reputation alone for a lot of fans, it just would feel good as a get-right game to beat the Warriors after losing to the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Joe, um, the, the early part of the Pelican schedule, home schedule, has been really fun i think from a fan standpoint i mean we had the game against utah that was the opener that was a sellout way in advance the second game was against the mavericks that was a really good crowd and obviously luca is on that that roster and then you have golden state which might be the number one draw it probably is the number one draw in the nba in terms of road attendance so i mean this this is a chance it's i think it'll be a fun night regardless because the atmosphere is going to be great but kind of like you said, I mean, for, for the Pelicans to get a win in this game would be huge. There's going to be a ton of people that are there for maybe the first time this season, and we want them to come back. And a win over the, for them to be there for a win over Golden State, I think, would definitely sway them in that direction of this is a place I need to be. Um, so this has, been, this has been a really good home start, even though we haven't had that many home games to begin the season. Yeah, and then been, we're back on the road right after. Right. It's, it's been marquee. Um, opponents are just really um, interesting nights. And then um, Saturday, the Pelicans are playing Atlanta on the road. Uh, I mentioned the guards that the Pelicans have to go against. Obviously, Steph and Clay for Golden State might not see see Clay. But then on Saturday, Atlanta Trey. has Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, who I think have been very encouraging of just the way that they've teamed up so far. They're 5-3 and three going into Friday night's games fourth best record in the East. So that's going to be a huge challenge as well. So, I mean, no matter how Friday night's game goes against Golden State, uh, you don't have much time. You're going to have to just bounce back mentally and be ready to play against a pretty quality Atlanta Hawks team. It was definitely a game that you just want to erase the tape and move on, learn something and move on. So we just want to beat the Warriors at home, be there for that at the Belinda uh, and then again, the Pelicans hit the road. They're going to be on the road against the Hawks, uh, on the road against the Pacers, on the road against the Bulls. Won't be back home until November 10th where you take on the Trailblazers, who, as we spoke about on the last podcast, surprisingly good. Yeah, they're off to a good start. And, I mean, the good news is, though, is after this crazy, hectic stretch of road games, I think that's a, the start of a six-game homestand. So, really, finally, New Orleans is going to be able to settle in and not have to pack a suitcase for a little while yeah. and, and hopefully get used to uh, get more used to playing in the Smoothie King Center and have the chance to, to maybe rack up a, a bunch of wins on that six-game homestand. But first, before we even get there, um, this stretch coming up is, is pretty tough, the, the weekend games and then the road games against the Pacers, who I think have been pretty more competitive than people thought. I think people, a lot of people thought they'd be one of the wor- worst teams in the league. They've picked up some good wins lately. They had a road win against Washington. They had one against Brooklyn um, that shows that they're going to be pretty good. They have one of the best rookies in the NBA with Benedict Matherin. 
And then Chicago is a is a solid team as well. Also just beat Brooklyn. I, I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah. Um, Beating Brooklyn just seems like yeah, a cool thing to do right yeah, now. Yeah, it, it does. And um, so, yeah, it's none of these games are, are easy that the Pelicans have coming up. Yeah. So, but look, when they get back home, be in that number. Get your tickets. Get in the stands. Be loud. While you're at it, be sure to check out pelicans.com. You can also find the latest episode of Pelicans Weekly. It airs on 99.5 WRNO every Thursday at 6 p.m. Uh, check it out. And then the next day, you can find it on our website. So if you'd like to check out more content, always got highlights, cool interviews, you're going to want to check it out. So get to pelicans.com and give it a peek. For Jim offer. I'm Joe Cardosi. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast and go Pels. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.